Athletic Brewing. I cracked open an Upside Dawn Golden Athletic Brew. And let me say this. No matter what you're looking for in a great non-alcoholic beer, the answer is always athletic. Great flavor? It's athletic. Award-winning styles? It's athletic. Huge variety? It's athletic. Fit for all times. That's a registered trademark, guys. Enjoy them anytime, anywhere, without ever slowing down your summer. Beach days, music festivals, swim meets, camping, late nights, early mornings, literally wherever summer takes you. And here's the best part to me, zero hangovers the next day. Mm -hmm. This summer, ask for the only non-alcoholic beer or brew you need to know. Athletic. Head to askforathletic.com to find it near you and use code TA2024 to get 15% off your first online order. That's code TA2024 at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Working up. Everybody's working. With that time, George. All week long, it's been new piece of news, new piece of news, good piece of news, bad piece of news, hype here, hype there, bus rides, victory laps. What is more fitting for Raider Week? What more energy could we possibly need to take us in to this revenge game in primetime on Sunday night football? I'm Joshua Briscoe. Of course, Nate Taylor, how you feeling? Woo! It's... Raider Week! A meaningful Raider Week! Dog! We've never had this before in the history of the podcast. I'm wonderful, Josh. Incredible. And it feels so good. I feel incredible. Seth Kaiser, how you feeling? I'm okay. Huh? Yeah, you got a little under the weather. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> I'm, you doing? I'm, 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 I'm pushing through at fifty percent. I am on a day to day basis. I am. Are you literally? Are you literally day to day? Because that would be pretty upsetting. If you're literally day to day, I gotta, I gotta figure what kind of flowers I'm gonna send to your funeral. You <laughs> <laughs> literally day to day is really bad news, man. Had, had you asked me, um, like Sunday or Monday, I would have said I'm literally day to day. Now I'm back to day to day. Um. I'm, you need that three-week IR, or are you going to be good? Yeah, I, we, I'm, we... I'm going to be good. I'm just, okay. as long as I have a lot of time to take deep breaths anytime I do anything, like talk for longer than 10 seconds, then I'm set. Let's do this. If you're listening going, well, that sound, it, it sounds like Seth might have COVID. Seth, do you have COVID? The answer is we don't know. You, right? You want to give, uh, now I'm worried, now I'm worried yeah. that we're really going to, now people are going to be very worried. Yeah. Give us. Look, you, everyone. Looks. People somebody's so i'm not gonna say who but but somebody's sister-in-law texted me on the the health of one seth kaiser so i mean the people want to know <laughs> oh are you serious yes <laughs> welcome, welcome to, to hey, the seth, seth whoa <laughs> hey seth take a deep breath t- t- All right. take it easy let me let me i'm let like me. vader you know <laughs> <laughs> all i'm saying is you know emily wright shout out Oh, wants, that's so sweet. Wants to know you're okay, dog. Emily? <laughs> yes. Emily, I am okay. That is so sweet that you reached out to me. <laughs> I, and also, like, listen, while I know, like, you know, I don't, I, Seth, your, your life is pretty public, so I imagine if whenever you get test results back, maybe you'll you'll let the, the world know through your Twitter or whatever. Look, I just, 
I'm just thinking that if you hadn't been so devoted to doing so many cool vape tricks over the last five years, your <laughs> lungs would be just such a better place right now. I, you know, <laughs> every now and then I curse 15 <laughs> to 22-year-old Seth for the sheer <laughs> volume of cigarettes that he smoked. <laughs> Especially like 20 to 22 like, right. when I worked on the rigs, in, like, a six-month time span, I bet I smoked 10 million cigarettes. <laughs> like, <laughs> and my lungs are just, like, every breath going, why? <laughs> why? So, look, um, everyone, a bunch of people reach out on Twitter. I'm fine. Um, due to contacts, look, you know, my everyone knows my day job. I can't not work. And I work with social workers. I've got to be face-to-face with them, and they've got to be face-to-face with people who need help which so, not currently they're not at this current these last <laughs> many days they have not been i'm trying to help me help you seth well it just yeah well i mean i i can't be face to face with people for the last week right um but but, but prior to that yeah, yeah i had to because mm-hmm. it's my job and and it's i think it's an important one i'm fine um you know i'm a lucky you know i'm i'm pretty young i'm healthier than josh lets well, on Shut yeah. up. You're such a putz. It's basically, um, it's pretty sure thing that I've got COVID. I'm still waiting on the test results. But it's all the symptoms and whatever. And normally when I get the flu, it's a little different than this. Um, I'm actually less sick, but it's lasting a lot longer. So I'm fine, everyone. I haven't written anything. I apologize. I've got this Willie Gay Jr. review and two Patrick Mahomes games I want to get to. But every time I think about work, my my whole body goes, no! <laughs> and that took everything I've got. But it is Raiders week, and I'm going to gear myself up into a frenzy by the time we're done, enough that my wife is going to be mad at me for how out of it I am when we're done with this podcast. That's the you- goal of the day. We're making Mrs. Minnesota Chiefs fan angry. Hey, well, and listen, I mean, you're all about the silver linings. We were talking. I don't remember what we're talking about before the show, but you're out here looking for silver linings. And I'll just say for me, you know, listen, I obviously certainly hope that that you're as healthy as possible as soon as possible. Um, And, you know, maybe against all odds, it's it's not COVID. That would also be great. Look, but I've been waiting my entire (laughs) podcasting career for Seth Kaiser at 50 percent. Like, I think that's the perfect amount of Seth. Is just Seth at fifty percent. That's oh. that's just all. That's what I'm thinking. I, I just I just want Seth to be the embodiment of Jimmy Butler in Game Five of the NBA Finals. Yeah, just just exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then Jazz coming in and be like, "Hey, you know we got we got Game Seven, right? We're, it's still do or die. Like, can you can you can you get some fluids in you? <laughs> we yeah, play in, got- we play in less than thirty six hours. Sir. Yeah, it's like, what do you got? I got. Nothing, 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 <laughs> nothing left. I, I here's one thing, and I actually thought of a way to bring this around that will bring it around to Raider Week. Love it. I have said before on this podcast that no one should underestimate the value of screw you energy. Mm. Yeah, and that is like partly how I've made it through the week. Because honestly, you want to know what I've had to do to get through this work week? I've had to be petty. I've had to take some of these child protection cases personally, which the rule is, is the lawyer, never take it personal. But I've had to just take it personally. Like, how dare you 
Not even, like, the bad, worst parts. How dare you make me work right now? And that has pushed me through. And the screw you energy that I will use to finish this podcast, besides being dedicated to Josh for making that terrible joke because he's a jerk, <laughs> ran out of steam there. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, gosh. Third win. Just... Get that third win in you. Get yep. that third win. I am going to harness Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes's and Travis Kelsey's screw you energy at the Raiders, whose unmitigated audacity and upstart uppityness is going to be addressed on Sunday, and I'm excited for it. Now, so let's Seth, let's go right back to you on this topic. Go ahead, Nate. <laughs> Come on, man. I think Nate say things for a little bit. <laughs> I tried. I tried. You're sick. I'm not the host, though, so I I have to. I can't believe this is usable. (laughs) This is like if you were beating me up on air, and it's like, yeah, keep it going. This is this is good stuff. You hear him? You hear that? He's fighting for pride. (laughs) Oh, no! I know that Willie Gay Jr. story is not out yet, Seth, but um, you could dictate your most recent draft to (laughs) us. Uh, no, let's get into the pettiness. You talk about petty, the bleep you energy. Uh, this this victory lap story really became a real thing around around Monday. We we just sort of missed the the window to talk about this on our last episode, mm-hmm. but it came up a little bit right after the loss uh, earlier in the season. Nick Jacobs of uh, Forty One Action News was the the man with the report that had shook the NFL world. Yes, sir. Uh, he does good work all over the place too. His Twitter handle is, I believe, at Jacob seventy one. I'm gonna double check that. But, uh, but Nate, that that was out there a little bit, and then it, it got brought up to Andy Reid. It is at Jacob seventy one. By the way, if follow him there. Um, if uh, if if anyone didn't didn't follow the story previously, Andy Reid was a little salty whenever he talked about it a little bit. John Gruden got asked about it. He was straight up a just he was a salt lick at that point. That dude was nothing but salt. He did not like being asked about that. And now it has risen up the ranks of of being asked to every player, every coach. It came up in a hype video on the Chiefs Twitter account about an hour ago as we record this. Uh what the bleep is going on, Nate, and how seriously are the Chiefs taking that? Um, all I will tell you is we have a precedent for this, and I'm gonna get to it here in a minute, but Andy Reid took questions that were not about a bus, a bus driver, or a bus driving around Arrowhead. And he redirected. He changed the conversation. If you don't like what they're saying, always bring it back to the bus. So (laughs) it was pretty clear that on Monday in the team meeting, before he came out and did his little Zoom, Andy Reid said, put it on me, okay? It's not your (laughs) fault. I got this. Let me tell my dearest friend, John Gruden, that we will rain (laughs) fire from everywhere through a rental bus driver. Okay? Now, the story is the Raiders took multiple laps around Arrowhead. Uh, So many laps that even Raider players, such as Max Crosby, were like, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> what are, like, can we just go to the airport? Like, I'm I'm exhausted chasing Patrick Mahomes around. Um, and then John Gruden said, and you should, you know, you should you should listen to our Raiders podcast. 
um, with Vic and Tashan. They are, I'm sure, doing it from the other side. But, you know, lovely, lovely John Gruden on Monday was like, what what y'all talking about? Y'all talking about, y'all talking about a bus? Huh? What? A lap? A a victory lap? Who? You talking about oil? Oil. (laughs) Oh, oil? No. No, baby. Why would we talk about that? And then he said, next question, in a manner that um, completely crumbled his argument. <laughs> next question. Next it's question. It's very, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Whenever it somebody so says next question, they might as well just say, yep, I'm convicted. Put me away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's great. That's the, that's the equivalent of pleading the fifth, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It really it's is. Like, it really is. I'm going to plead the fifth. It's like, dude. Come on, like we're not technically allowed to use this against you, but just know that all the professionals in the room are. Your own lawyer thinks you're guilty now. Like. Right. So the funny thing is, Patrick Mahomes is pretty coy, but he mostly said that like I promise you will be ready. Which when you read it on text, yeah, very disconcerting if you're if you're if you're a, a, a fan of the Raiders. Um. This is the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era that the Raiders week has actually mattered, right? Am yeah. I am I do I do I, well, do yeah. I have here, consensus on a, this? Here's yeah, a yeah. here's a, a corollary, like maybe kind of a counterpoint. Remember last week, the second Chiefs Raiders game, last week, last year. <laughs> See, it's not that I'm quieter at fifty percent Josh, it's just that I'm dumber. <laughs> and so it's kind of worse. That's um fair. so Last year, the second time they played, if I recall, they the the Raiders could have tied the Chiefs up in the division had they won. But, but, um, but they then, just obviously did, yeah, and then they but just then got Derek Carr beaten. played in the cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that Derek Carr played in the cold. Which how which, how happy are they? I know that this game See, is not like in Arrowhead in December. The fact that CBS was like, all right, here comes Derek Carr onto the field. Everybody's cheering at Arrowhead as we get this historic divisional rivalry game going. Now, by the way, we looked this up, roll the graphics, y'all. This man is all god-awful in the cold. <laughs> yeah, this is not going to end well. Like, well I, and it didn't. I mean, they it just did, it really did. beat them like, to Death, everybody should so everybody should rewatch that game on Game Pass. It you're not even two minutes into the broadcast and they're like, by the way, um, we already know the outcome of the game because roll the graphics, y'all. This man yeah. is terrible. Um, yeah. but you're right. I guess I guess you're right. Like the Raiders were still in in the ballpark just because the Chiefs had lost, you know, disappointing games to the Texans and to the Colts, and Mahomes was still coming off of his injury. So I mean, I I guess, but I feel like. You know, there, there's a much better understanding of, like, these... Obviously, this team in the Raiders is, like, legitimately good versus last year that yeah. are kind of fluky schedule-wise good. Like, the, the Raiders have beat the Chiefs and the Saints. They need to be given the amount of respect required. The first time Patrick Mahomes uh, played the Raiders, of course, was... And which kind of took away all of the sting of Raiders week was, one, the Raiders were bad, and two... Um, Kareem Hunt got cut from the team, like, yeah. less than 48 oh, yeah. hours before the game. Um, which, let me tell you how that weekend went for me, kids. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the next time they played the Raiders, it was the MVP, MVP, MVP chance, where basically the Raiders were just the last team on the Disney mixtape of Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. to win the MVP award. Last year was a little different. They were up 10 nothing. Then, like, you know, they got molly in the second quarter. And we just mm-hmm. alluded to 
uh, the two previous games. So the Raiders have won. It is now, I guess, a rivalry again. It all starts because grown men who play football, who are paid millions of dollars to find any schematic advantage whatsoever, are too blinded by a rental bus driver <laughs> being held at mouth gunpoint to keep this thing going left. You better keep turning left, is what John Gruden said. Dog, if you turn right out of here, I... S- Remember, the Las Vegas Raiders are paying your check today, sir. Keep going left. So, grown men care about victory laps in a mostly empty stadium. And, like, Andy Reid was like, put it on me, boys. Like... It's bulletin board material, which I mean, what? The, the fact I like what you said is that he went out of his way to bring it up. Mm-hmm. And the the biggest thing for me was when, and was it was it Seren that brought it up to him that was asking like, do you think there's an advantage? Yes, having beaten a team, and he's yes. like. Well, yeah. and there's so many things he could have said, <laughs> and I really do feel like Seren baited him into this just a little bit, but. Sirin would never. He would never <laughs> try to craft a question that seems like it's not about that. But for him to be like, well, obviously they do. I would. That was the moment right there. The obviously they do. You know, they or they wouldn't have taken a lap around. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. cool, 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 cool. That's because I don't think Sirin used the victory lap or the word lap or anything. Because because yeah, because Reed had been asked about it by, I believe, Teicher earlier in that presser, like, directly, yeah. and and then talked about it. But you're right. It, it, the second the second time through, when, when Andy Reid voluntarily brought it up again, that's whenever it felt like it was, like, it, 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 had, it had caught a little bit. Also, but listen, now, Nate, maybe you can speak to this. Eric Bieniemy just found out about it on Thursday. Oh, which yeah. really just, <laughs> what? Wait, what? You talking about a bus? He is. <laughs> what? He's already a head coach. It's just so he ridiculous. Is, true. What? what do you mean? Now, a I'm bus? just now I, hearing about it, because you you I thought they all. Me, therefore, <laughs> I I thought they all drove separately from the stadium. That was yeah, weird. They didn't. They didn't fly. They yeah. what? They didn't. By the way, Seth, your Eric Bieniemy impression. I mean, just just immaculate. Just impeccable. <laughs> that's my plain dumb voice. It's universal. <laughs> it just, oh, Seth, it that's just... your plain dumb voice. See. <laughs> now, here here's where we get to the precedent. There was a time back in 2016 where Jack Del Rio. Who, by the way, had the Raiders a little frisky good. (laughs) Killed himself. (laughs) He called the Chiefs offense, then ran by Alex Smith and Andy Reid. And I think Doug Peterson was still on the team by this point. uh, That they, you know, Jack Dorio, known for his defensive capabilities, his um, unusual taste in fashion, and the ability (laughs) to, you know, occasionally be good at his job. Um... He said he called the Chiefs' offense gimmicky. Yeah, that did happen. And Andy Reid was more coy four years ago. Basically saying, I mean, you know, he's got his opinion, but we're focused on the Raiders. That, kids, was a lie. (laughs) Because (laughs) if you rewatch the 2016 game, which I believe was played in late December, again, Derek Carr in the cold, um... If you rewatch that game, it's clear that Andy Reid told Alex Smith, you better get your arm ready, sir, because we're going to throw this ball (laughs) down the field. Okay? Alex Smith had completions of 34 yards, 
36 yards and 39 yards, okay? He lined them up at midfield and was like, let's take the shots. And I'm going to tee this up for Seth right now because it's one of his favorite moments as Chiefs fan. <laughs> um, the Chiefs were at one point up. You know, they scored 21 points in the second quarter. That's all they needed because, again, Derek Carr was playing out here in this cold weather. Um, <laughs> Tyreek Hill, who we will get to later, um, scored on a, I'm scrolling, 78-yard punt return that was truly, like, breathtaking. When you look at it again, you're like, wow. Like, nobody in the league knew this dude was this fast. But that's okay. So, they got some help from Tyreek and special teams, but it was clear that Alex Smith played one of his better games of the season because he was willing to throw the ball down the field because we mm-hmm. ain't gimmicky. Um, even if they kind of were. And I'm sorry, Jack Dario, no one remembers that. The Chiefs were definitely gimmicky at times. But hey, man, like, you ain't got to say it out loud. Um, yeah, right? yeah so, you don't need, yeah, you, you don't have to say it out loud. There's so, certain things you don't say. So, like, here's the gift. Go ahead, Seth, here's the gift. Game ends. It's clear the Chiefs are the much better team. It's clear the Chiefs going to win the division from here on out. Can you can you paint a picture as to the coaching summit between Jack Del Rio and Andy Reid? Yeah, so <laughs> it's the greatest. Seth tweeted this gif out while Nate was talking. Yeah, so everybody knows this show I is this is the stupidest this. show in the history. I have of saved this on my computer for <laughs> moments, and I never thought I'd get to use it again. But this is just the greatest video clip. Andy Reid and Jack Del Rio meet in the middle of the field, and they don't even, like, get close to each other. They don't even get, like, face-to-face. They both kind of, like, walk towards each other and then stop at the same point with each other's right shoulders kind of facing each other. And Andy Reid reaches all the way out. I mean, as far as he can go. This is like a Chris Jones long arm reach. Gives him two. Let me see. One, two. Yep, Yep. two. Not firm, but not gentle pats on this right shoulder and says, I can't even tell what he says. Basically said, like, good job. Good game. Just some one sentence, one, like, syllable thing and turns around and it looks good I kill. I think he says, I think he says to Jack Dariel, hey, to get Jack Dariel's attention, their eyes finally lock. Then he extends his right hand and says, Good day, sir. (laughs) (laughs) That was just like, and so he turns around, he just pats one back and then just turns around and walks away. And Jack Del Rio, in case, look, Jack knew what was happening. He got got. Hey, you you get got. Yep. And you just take it. And he did. Because what's he going to do? Like, what what are you going to do? He just got destroyed. There's fireworks going off in the background at Arrowhead. One of Reed's guys is smirking. Is is smirking (laughs) over his shoulder. He's smirking. Oh, and Del Rio just stares at the back of Andy Reed's head. And I can just tell you, as a man, there's only one thing going through Jack Del Rio's head right there. Is like, I want to fight that dude. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing that was going through his mind right then. Is like, I want to fight that dude. And Reed just blew him off. It is the greatest gift yeah, you that got, I've ever seen. He got sunned. He got got. 
<laughs> he was weighed and measured and executed in front of everybody. Okay. And so the Raiders from literally that pat on the shoulder have not been relevant until this season. Okay. It took four years for them to be relevant after that little one, two pit pat. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, so, Josh. Yes, sir. If we are to believe Andy Reid, who has 22 years of history, would he feel slighted or disrespected, I guess is a better word. When this man feels disrespected, um, can you just remind those in Las Vegas or elsewhere that may don yeah. the, the, the black and silver what may occur on Sunday night? I think the line is still eight points. And I don't think I don't think that Vegas, not the Raiders, but you know, the city and its rich history, I don't think Vegas gives away free money very often. <laughs> if the Chiefs don't win this game by double digits, they should literally have to take it as a loss. It should literally go into the loss column if they don't win this game by double digits. Well, because they're they're clearly going into it. And this is what I really like, is that this team really does find things to get upset about. They have to. And and mm-hmm. it's they, they do have to. I mean, and it's petty. I get that. And I'm not here to say that it's not. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not here defending it as like... Like, if we were talking about, like, real life, would this be a healthy way to grow through life? Of course not. But this isn't real life. This is sports. And... What was it that I said at the beginning of this episode? What was going to carry me through? Uh, Bleep you energy. And that is what they thrive on. And I love that. I just think one of the reasons why I think when you consider like uh, you say like LeBron James versus Michael Jordan, you know, the great debate and all that. Given James's longevity of career and physical skill set and all that, I think the only reason that this debate rages quite as hot as it does, and I will go to my grave saying, oh, it's MJ. One of the reasons is MJ had more of that energy than anyone ever. <laughs> mm. And that energy will carry through everything. And I like that the team's fired up by that. And maybe we'll see some pretty cool stuff. I mean, the last time I think we saw them really dialed in, was what before the Ravens game? Maybe like have they needed to be since then? They got caught once by the Raiders for sure. Yeah, they got caught by the Raiders, and you yeah. have to acknowledge that. But I think hey, good on them. Golf clap. Their their full job, attention. <laughs> I think their full attention has been, <laughs> has been two times this year, Seth. Um, it was the game of the year against the Ravens, where they clearly came out and was like, 
this was cool, guys. This was a cool chit-chat for a week. And then yep. coming <laughs> off the Raiders game, you know, hey, I, I thought we were going to get – I just man, I just thought we were going to get the Josh Allen experience. And they were just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> we come to dominate. So they've done it twice. It's interesting, too, that it's both been on the road because it reminds me so much of the LeBrafford Smith story, which um, as an NBA fan – I didn't know who LeBrafford Smith was until The Last Dance came out, which <laughs> not great, sir. <laughs> so I thought, you know, and I'm not I'm not saying that this would disprove anything that Nick Jacobs put out. But when I first saw that, he said and this was like either a day or two after the loss to the Raiders. I'm like, hey, um, I heard that, like, the Raiders took a victory lap. And I was like, what? And, of course, yeah. you know, I think John Gruden is smarter than that. I guess he's not. Um, but I thought, well, maybe somebody on the team will will use this as if it's LeBrafford Smith, where somebody, you know, <laughs> Michael Jordan makes up that, like, <laughs> LeBrafford said, hey, MJ, good game. Because, you know, he scored, like, 37 points in the game against the Bulls. Although the Bulls won against the Bullets. But in the rematch, which was the next night, um... MJ told himself that lie and then scored 37 in one half against you- Bradford Smith, who, by the way, ceased to exist in the league's history from that moment on. I just, I, I, every time that story comes up, we just have to take a moment to acknowledge that that is a homicidal level of pettiness <laughs> to invent a story. That's like the Joker like, you know what I mean? It's like, I need to invent a story as to why I'm going to kill some people today. And like, look, look, I've been watching the NBA for years. I, 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 I know all the random guys in the league. When, Don, when David Aldridge, our colleague, was like, you ever heard the LeBron Smith story? I said, oh, no. Oh, no. I don't even know who this is. And that's the problem. He murdered him. Right. He ended this poor. Well, that anyway, I love it. And maybe one day the Chiefs will get to that level of... That's a frightening <laughs> right. well, they're, level they're, of petty. They're trending in that direction. <laughs> they they're, are. they're trending. That's, yeah. <laughs> they're not there yet, but they're not that far away from there. Uh, so that that's all the pettiness that's soaked up in this matchup, which is exciting just because I... I think if you say you don't like a little pettiness, a little reality TV with your sports, you're probably lying. Like, or maybe you're just really, you're just really focused. That's not me, and apparently not any of us. Because it's fun. That that extra little drama is fun. Uh, also, like this game has a, another layer of still not actually like X's and O's conversation with the COVID list. Since we've been doing the show today, the Raiders have activated Lamarcus Joyner from their reserve COVID list, but I believe they still have eight other players currently on that list, mm-hmm. many of them defensive starters. The Chiefs had three tackles go to the COVID list, Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz, and Martinez Rankin. Uh, Schwartz and Fisher were both cleared off of it. Schwartz will still not play because of his back injury, um, but but Eric Fisher should be good to go. I haven't seen Rankin's name, Nate. I don't know if, if he... I kind of assumed they would all have similar timelines, but I'm not sure what, what the case is there. Also, McCole Hardman is on the COVID list. It sounds like he actually has tested positive for COVID. Yes. Um, oh. I don't think that they've said that publicly anywhere. But They have not said that publicly, but yes. It, um, McCole's kind of given tweets that allude yeah. to his positive test as well. Um, but, you know, interestingly enough, like 
he's not going to play on Sunday. Um, and I don't believe he'll play next week as well. Like that, like that's kind of a, you're just going to have to wait and see. Um, and Andy yeah. kind of alluded to that, but yeah, I think, I think Martinez ranking because he's coming off the pup list too. And so Andy mm. Reid would like, you know, Eric, you know, Andy Heck, the offensive line coach, Eric Bienemy, Andy Reid, they all need to see Martinez Rankin practice more. Um, so sure. I would be uh, surprised even if he traveled to Las Vegas. So maybe he rolls over into next week. Um, but, yeah, those are the two guys that are not going to be made available. But it's interesting that Mike Rimmers was a tackle who didn't have to do the whole distancing um, based on tracing. So it's apparent yeah. that, like, unfortunately, like a lot of us, including Seth, like we all, you know, we all have to go somewhere to maybe get food or to, you know, take care of errands. And like, you may just come in contact with somebody, you know, hopefully family members and friends are doing their best, but like, it's clear, at least in the chief's standpoint or in the chief's case, that this is more of a uh, external thing versus like the building um, Mm -hmm. having a problem where the Raiders, it could be anything, man. And I, and like, they've had problems wearing masks at events They've had problems with coaching staff. Obviously, John Gruden's been fined already this year. Uh, the league does not like the Raiders. They even they even pulled him off a Sunday night game to get waxed by the by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in afternoon time. So we don't. It seems like it's easier to identify the Chiefs' COVID issues versus the Raiders because man, it 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 is it's not great because you want this game to be as competitive as possible because I think these two teams are playoff teams probably. Um, and if the Raiders were to win, it would really make the the season like, you know, yeah. like it would it would make it more dramatic in a way that none of us saw coming uh, going into the year. But yeah, who knows what the Raiders situation is? But those guys, we hope as of Saturday, whenever people are listening, um, will maybe be off that list and they can then be activated Sunday. But like you mentioned before, Josh, like they haven't practiced, so like it's a lot to ask of them with the Chiefs coming to town you know, probably super motivated as we, you know, noted previously. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to get more information on that along the way again. So taco Charlton, he had uh, surgery, but he's not on the IR yet. So he was ruled out. Mitchell Schwartz ruled out with his back. Um, and it sounds like, uh, in fact, Andy Reid, I believe you said that said the phrase good chance that Legereus Sneed uh, is back out there on Sunday. Wouldn't be stunning to me if they activated him by Saturday, maybe put uh, Taco yes. on IR. Mm-hmm. That that would, that would make sense as a corresponding move. Does that all track for you? Yep, it, make, it makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting. Like, watch the secondary, particularly in Sunday's game, because if Sneed is up, fellas, I don't know where he plays. Because you got to give Traverius Ward another opportunity to, you know, prove himself against the Raiders and Henry Ruggs, most notably. Um, but Shaw Breeland's been excellent since he came back. Like, mm-hmm. I, I never thought of Snead as an inside guy, but maybe you play him as a third safety or the role that Daniel Sorensen has. Like, I, I don't know how this works from the secondary standpoint, because I know you're going to get to this as well, Josh. The addition of another player on the practice squad this week yep. who could also be a part of the secondary come December. Um, yeah, so let's let's talk about him really quick also because it's just so much to talk about here. Uh, the Chiefs signed DeAndre Baker, or, or they reported that they're going. To, no, it's official. Actually, yeah, it, no, it is official. Yeah, it, it is official now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it it, ha- it was it was thrown around so many days before it officially happened. I couldn't remember if it had. It has actually happened. He is on the practice squad. Uh, he was a uh, a first round pick, not the most recent draft, but just one draft removed. You may remember hearing about him from this off season because the uh, the the New York Giants cut him. You may say, wait a second, they cut a uh, a first round pick after one season having him there. What what all happened here? Here's a very quick summary that's going to miss a lot of details. I'm going to clip a lot of edges. But for the sake of as good an explanation as I can get, um, he and fellow NFL defensive back, uh, now with the Seattle Seahawks, Quentin Dunbar, they were uh, accused of a armed robbery at a party where there were accusations of them having lost 70 grand a couple days earlier. They were directing attendees to give them money and valuables and watches and stuff. So they get arrested for for alleged armed robbery. Well, on Monday, those charges were dropped, and an attorney from what from kind of the, the the accusing side was arrested due to an alleged extortion attempt. And Baker's lawyer had said pretty much from the jump that it was an extortion scheme, and that DeAndre Baker was the victim in all of this. He had already been released, obviously, by the Giants. That go that clears through. And uh, he'd been out there available for a while, but the charges get dropped on Monday. They bring him in. Uh, uh, I think the next day is when those reports started coming around. And uh, he was a, a first round pick again, just a, about a year and a half ago with all of that madness being the reason that he was available. Seth, you're a lawyer. I've been told that I missed anything important. Um, not particularly other than I would just say that, um, you know, charges getting dropped happens, right? You, you see it happen if there's not enough evidence or, you know, just whatever. But for charges to be for an armed robbery, let me just tell you, those getting dismissed, just just dismissed, mind you, that's a very, very, very serious charge. And seeing those just mm-hmm. go away is fairly rare. And then seeing an, a civil attorney who was going to represent the alleged victims in that matter, get arrested for extortion. I never even heard of mm. that happening. Mm. So that's why I'm... <laughs> okay, good. I'm it seemed cool. very weird. Mm. I'm glad that it is as weird as it sounded. Yeah, and so that's why, like, with the whole Baker thing, I'm willing to move forward. There were some questions about his work ethic and stuff coming into the draft. Those remain. Yep. But I'm not even taking into account that Florida stuff. Like, because that... I, I think they tried to extort him, personally. Which explains why it sounded like such a... Like, it sounded like something out of, like, a movie. Like, they brought out the bags, and they say, fill up the, the bags with your jewelry. And I was like, what? What did <laughs> right. they learn how to do? Were they watching we're, the town and just got creative? <laughs> like, we're two relatively famous people. Put your expensive things in this bag. Yeah, this you all know who us, we right? are. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're That's friends true. of yours. Some Give me the money. Wait, what? Yeah. And Great so, movie reference. Thank you. I, I've... I've been sick, so I've watched a lot of movies lately. I've been meaning to watch The Town with I one haven't of them. seen it. Yeah. <laughs> we have to watch Unforgiven together so you can tell me how bleak my outlook of the world is. Just on a side note. That sounds good. I'm down to do that. Yeah. Not right now. Um not right but, now, probably. Probably not within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, probably not. Um We can do it on Zoom, I guess. I still think we could party. live stream us watching movies. I think people would watch listen to that content. And yeah. even if they didn't, I mean, I'd have fun with it. Like, yeah, I think that'd be fun, actually. <laughs> um, but I know ba- Baker was a guy I really liked coming out of college. I'd only watched a few games of his. But so the did, thing so is... Did, he, so did Brad Veach. 
Brett Veach locked as someone as someone has texted me a couple times in the league Veach gonna Veach <laughs> so basically I think what you had was a situation because Baker got drafted the year the Chiefs didn't have a first round pick that right? is correct they they, oh, they would have targeted true. Mr. Baker had it not been that uh hold on Whoa. so you telling me if we trade D4 we make it and Clark, yeah, 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 get on the mm-hmm. phone, get on the phone. Call, call, call Seattle. <laughs> yes, that's see, and that's I was gonna ask you, Nate, and see if that was something you could answer. He, but that's he went one pick after the Chiefs were supposed to pick because the Seahawks took uh, LJ Collier there. Now, what if I told you the Chiefs in their weighing of the decisions? Clearly, they made the right decision. I'm not, compl- I'm not uh, trying to confuse that. In their decision making, they had thought that there were going to be more teams who would target cornerback in that draft if mm. I believe and it went the other way uh yeah so you know you never know until draft day obviously right. and they made the they made the belief that you have to remember too the, the coaching staff slightly different as well um or just getting into the you know just just getting it like for what the scouting department was doing for the old regime on defense before the new regime came into place and then had to take that scouting information and it was easier for them to identify who is already in the league who matches what we want to do, i.e. Frank Clark, i.e. Breland, Breeland, mm-hmm. like the list goes sure. on. And they just thought Baker would not be there. He was there. Yeah, because he he was the first corner to go. You're right, this was a weird year. I had forgotten mm-hmm. about all this. He was the first corner off the board at 30, yep. and then a couple picks later, Byron Murphy, and the next pick, Rocky Austin, a few yep. picks later, Sean Murphy bunting, then pick after Trayvon yep. Mullen. Like, though, Joe Juan Williams and Greedy Williams back-to-back a few picks later. So, yeah, you're right. That was a weird That was a weird year for corners. It's, it's worth noting, and I know we've got to start talking about the Raiders soon to not, like, get our curse, although we've talked about the Raiders quite a few times. We, we're bookending this show with Raiders, honestly. Okay. I feel like we're going to be okay um, on this one. The thing with Baker is his film, at least everyone that I've spoken with, for the most part, you're never going to have consensus usually except about like trevor lawrence you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. everyone's like man by the way just on a complete side note i watched a couple games that dude holy crap he can play (laughs) he Um, seems good at football yeah yeah, there's there's that announced trey lance too like all these guys for listening to times ours everybody we think we think trevor lawrence is gonna be good i think fields might be okay too yeah this is some some in-depth analysis anyway um (laughs) sorry i made myself laugh with my own breathing it's just ridiculous uh it's just like anyway as i was saying and then it's just um with baker he had the best film of the draft he played at georgia where he was asked to do some press man stuff and the interesting thing is the stuff that he's really good at he doesn't have great speed but he was thought to be a good press man guy and also a guy who knows his stuff in zone and basically, that's kind of, if you think about, like, Bashad Breland, yep. he doesn't need top-end speed because he knows where to go in zone, and he plays physical. Now, Baker doesn't have Breland's size, but he's also, he's a tackler like Breland, too. And so I think you're kind of, you know, Breland is a guy that's done very well in Spagnolo's system. Um, been a hugely important uh, bargain free mm-hmm. agent signing. And Baker in his ideal fit, is considered a quicker, albeit smaller, version of Breland. 
whose ceiling is supposed to be maybe higher. Higher, yes. Mm-hmm. And and that's just something interesting to take in because he didn't do well in his rookie year with the Giants. Look, playing corner as a rookie is hard unless you're Legereus Sneed. So, <laughs> uh, man, I hope he's back. But it, it'll be interesting to see how he does in Spagnolo's system because he's a guy with enough talent to where, honestly, they've incorporated corners into the system quickly before. Yes. And, I could and- see him by the time we get to December or something. Could be interesting. I I, yeah. I do want to circle. Okay, guys, circle December. <laughs> like <laughs> when we get to December, DeAndre Baker, all things go well, will be on the roster and in uniform, much like you know Willie Gay quietly just you know not screwing up, but he is on the field because it was after October. Anyway, uh, to book in this, uh, Josh and Seth. Who's on a one-year deal in the secondary? I think like everybody. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think the entire like, secondary. But I know I know Bashad is. Yep. Okay. And who's Bre- not coming? Bashad. Bashad Breland. Bashad Breland. Absolutely. Who's is. not I coming back? On, might... Who's not coming back next year? Probably Bashad. And who's going to replace Bashad Breland if everything goes okay? Bo Pete Keys. Ooh. Is that the Dark right answer? Horse. Um, <laughs> if all goes well, <laughs> they will have gotten the. Young cornerbacks they have coveted over the last two years. Weirdly enough. Because they'll have, yeah. They'll have yeah. Baker and they'll have Sneed and they'll have a dark horse developmental guy in Bo Peep Keys where this was always going to be the plan with him. Like, hey, take the year and like really learn. Because he was incredibly raw, but has the physical mm-hmm. traits that like if you if you build him up, um, he may be something. Um, they wanted Antonio Hamilton for two years, is what Vicha said on mm. the record. And then Antonio Hamilton was like, nah, dog, uh, I got to do this one-year deal so I can get another one-year deal somewhere else. Because, like, the understanding in the league was that the Chiefs wanted to go young in the secondary. So if you're a veteran player, you want to help the team win the Super Bowl and then make money off that. So yeah. Hamilton will not be back. Rashad Breeland will probably not be back. Um, and Rashad Fenton will be. Yes, Rashad Fenton will be. I I think, is is he not in the last year of his deal? Um, no, he's only he's only a couple years in. He was a rookie last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the rookie the rookie uh, wage scale, whatever you want to call it. The- was he a rookie last year? Yes. Was last year's yeah. rookie season? Last year was a rookie season. Yeah. He's been good. Like He has. He got a lot key. of sense in that year. Yeah, right. that's and true. so their whole secondary will be relatively young with Charvarius, who's supposed to be like the jewel, you know, top-line guy. Now, obviously, his, his hand injury is sort of, you know, um, wipe that away in terms of being like a top flight corner that like shut down guy that he so that he so wanted to be, but like mm-hmm. they they they've kind of done this in a very interesting way. I know we mentioned it before, but um, yeah. DeAndre Baker, who's no longer on a rookie deal, where you get the fifth year option. Think about that, right? Cost controlled, yeah. Because his and I, I'm I'm a little out of practice on the the uh, over the cap jumping that we did for so many months during the off season but his his whole contract situation is going to be super weird yep. right with with um years of service and everything and and he might not play a snap like you said in 2020 until December like i, I think the way that all of that's going to work and, out is going to be confusing and and none of it's going to be bad for the right. chiefs purposes and, and, it, and it helps the chiefs because Say he plays in December and has two good games. Doesn't even doesn't even mm-hmm. have to be active for the postseason, right? Like if he just has two good games in December, something that is 
actually real that you could hold on to for tape purposes, you ha- he's more incentivized to be with the same coaching staff, to, to yep. be around Tyron Matthew, and to just understand, like and Juan Thornhill as well. He's obviously really good friends with McCole Hartman. I think that was an advantage that Andy Reid kind of alluded to earlier this week. Uh, and obviously, knowing that the pre-draft situation was, hey, man, we, we really would have loved to take in you. Um, there are no great pass rushers in this draft. Therefore, we had mm-hmm. to go get Frank Clark. So it's incentivized in a way that, like, if everything goes right in December, these two parties can make a deal that is still very advantageous for the Chiefs because you, if you're DeAndre Breaker, just want to start your career. Like, just literally yeah. start my career. Can we just get a deal in place so that I can just focus on football? So smart business move. Um, and already a guy that you can replace that you don't necessarily have to be tied to in the draft moving forward at the cornerback position if you don't want if everything goes well for like again two games in December somebody tweeted this and then someone else tagged me in it later but uh whenever after that signing happened somebody tweeted like all right fine the Chiefs finally added a first round corner can we shut up now <laughs> yep and I felt I felt attacked but also <laughs> that's a this is this is a heck of a way to do it Brett Veach galaxy brain uh should never be questioned this was clearly the plan all along maybe Brett Veach was <laughs> the one extorting him and that's Nate can you look into that can you see if Brett Veach will admit to being the one who, was, who started this all against DeAndre Baker and uh, now they got him on the chase as, as, as Seth said we don't we don't want people going to jail for extort- extortion what we what are we doing guys <laughs> now uh, Seth you're a lawyer Is, did I just slander or libel I can never remember the difference one of them's written Libel is, is written, slander is spoken. That's what. <laughs> so did I slander um, Brett Veach just now? Do you think? Ah, no. Um, right, as as a public figure, there's a much higher standard for slander and libel. Um, that's a good. Golly, point. what a boring answer. I gotta. That's just true make though. Crap I, up. I I've been at my last journalism class was like five years ago now, and I I don't remember any of that. You've you've been in practice more recently. Well, um, so. Yes, true. <laughs> Uh, one thing that is interesting though this idea that like they really could have like an entirely revamped secondary with guys that they're comfortable with because like i'm i don't yeah. know about you guys who are, who are comfortable who are with... young and coachable young and coachable yeah no yeah. Divas, i'm comfortable no 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 yeah. bull bleep like just get them in the tape room get them in the technique let sam madison talk all southern to them and they just you just coach them <laughs> up i yeah. i just I'm just, it's another thing that'll be really interesting if it works out. And we still, you know, we can't treat Legereus Sneed like a given because he had a real small sample size. Right. Um, yep. But like if Sneed works out, like let's say as well as Fenton's worked out, right? Because mm-hmm. um, Fenton's been good. Like I'm comfortable with Fenton, honestly. Like when we were in a situation where it was like he was going to be the number two guy. I don't know about you guys, but I was pretty comfortable with that. He's played pretty well. Mm. He's he's fairly sticky. He's got a few limitations, but he tackles well. He can test the ball. He's always where he's supposed to be. Like, he's a decent corner. And so if Sneed works out that way, too, and then with the way Ward's worked out, I mean, like, if this Baker thing works out, too, have have we started to hit the just never, ever, ever question Brett Veach zone? Because I feel like I'm getting there, and it's going to make my job boring. <laughs> we talked about that a little while ago with a story that you wrote, and we really should talk about the Raiders. I'm getting nervous now. Um, but I think I think the main thing is on a move like this, it this literally couldn't be a lower risk way to bring in a first round prospect. I mean, 
we you can have a similar conversation about, you know, a draft pick that has a little value for Emmanuel Agba or, you know, all of the guys that he's done that for. Many of them have worked out and a bunch that haven't, you know, that I bet they wish they had that draft pick instead of Darren Lee last year or whatever, but fine, so be it. Um, this is literally, this isn't even like a PR hit because the the PR news right before they brought him in was, ooh, he might have been getting extorted actually. All right, cool, let's sign him. I mean, <laughs> at, at, the very, at the very least, he deserves to take his shots and they're not all going to land, but I mean, yeah. At the very least, you shouldn't you shouldn't doubt Brett Veach's shots. Yeah, he's going to take shots, and and I respect it. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Oh, real quick. We we mentioned this back whenever it was first reported, but officially now, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, uh, the oh, aforementioned, yes. both have signed they rich. their extensions uh, through 2025. Good Nate? for them. Yes, at least awesome. through 2025. Um I talked to this with Saran on ATN. I think the understanding is Reed had a contract through 2021, but I'm assuming, and I should actually follow up on this, so thank you for reminding me. Um, he had a contract through 2021 after John Dorsey was fired and he got his new deal. Um, but I assume mm, that mm-hmm. by signing uh, on Monday their contract extensions, he and Brett Veach, you take that 20, 2021 year, you basically rip it up. And everything starting from now will go through 2025, is my understanding. But I need to make sure I double-check that. That makes a lot of sense, though. Um, personally, I think it's a bad move. I just wanted to be someone, mm. the only one to say You want to be the first that. one out there? Yeah, I figured I'll take that one. Yeah, that can be my lane. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, too long of a commitment for a couple of guys that haven't proven anything. I got nothing. I got nothing. That makes sense. Also, I've seen people ask about this, just as a reminder. Those contracts, we don't see a lot of the details in large part because they're not on the salary not on the cap. cap. So you could pay. They, they could. Those could be good. very, very large contracts. Um, if Andy Reid's not the highest paid head coach in football right now, I'd be a little surprised. I don't think he probably has been yet, but he won the ring and uh, Clark Hunt has given out all the money in the world. Um, he's got someone. Did Pete Carroll just get extended also? 
feel like he just got extended also. I believe that's correct. Um, now, he's going to be up there. John Gruden let his number get out. That's true. Yes. So, from was... an agency standpoint, everybody in coaching agency stood up and applauded. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Put them numbers That's out true. there. Um, you know, again, Andy Reid and John Gruden, two different men, but still friends. You've, Andy Reid should buy should buy John Gruden a bus with his new contract <laughs> extension. You should just buy him like a just like a just a uh, sort of gutted school bus that's like rusted wheels and everything rusted Ooh. around the wheels and everything. How will they drive into the stadium? Will they take laps before they go inside? Will they? Will like? I think it's got to be like it's got to be like. Hey, go ahead and drop me off here. I'll walk the rest of the way. I don't want you. To, I want anybody to see this right now. They gotta like they gotta park by Kaufman and then just walk in. <laughs> <laughs> The next time they're here, either in Vegas. Now I don't have any good. I don't have any good. I don't know what's around that Roomba in Vegas. But the next time they're in town, they got to park by Kaufman. Uh, let's let's talk about the game then a little bit uh, outside of the buses on on the field. I suppose uh, yeah. Seth, you had just sort of retweeted what you had written after the game last time through, and uh, the the big plays are the thing that, that you wrote about there. It's the thing that stuck out even looking back at that game. Derek Carr took shots that no one expected him to take, including Steve Spagnuolo, including Bill Belichick a couple of weeks before that. And uh, that was what bit the Chiefs defense. Is that your biggest concern or at least still the thing you'd be keeping the closest eye on for uh, for this week? Um, yeah, you know, check out big plays. The The Raiders, you know, I think it was about 260, 265 of their yards were accounted for in seven plays. Um, the, which is an incredible number. You know, you're talking almost 40 yards of play there, right? which is unusual. And those big plays were what made the difference in the game, at least in terms of the Raiders' offense. Um, otherwise, you know, we wouldn't have been talking about, you know, the Chiefs' pass protection afterward or dropped passes or penalties because they wouldn't have given up 40. Like every other game, they've been much better. Um, the, the Raiders just caught them a few times. They seem to anticipate some of Spagnolo's blitzes dialed up good protections and called up shot plays and they caught him several times with you know with with a with one with, once with a Mills concept where you got the deep post there and they just caught him and Spagnolo basically admitted that and I doubt that happens twice in a row I mean we'll see so that would be my that's my only fear of how the Chiefs genuinely lose this game the, the Raiders are a good team. I mean, the whole any given mm-hmm. Sunday thing should apply. They're a good team, but it really was big plays, and they really had the Chiefs' number on defense in terms of shot plays and that sort of thing. They they just kind of knew what was expected. They did a great job protecting Carr, and Carr can sling it when he gets good protection. That offensive line is still really good, mm-hmm. and so the Chiefs are going to need to get better pressure, and now they know that you know dialing up these cover zero blitzes and stuff is a bad idea because the Raiders are ready for those. So that's what a special Spagnuolo's favorite little tricks. So they're going to need to figure some stuff out, and we're going to need to see some stuff from Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Um, This is the second game this season where I'm just... I'm just sad that there won't be fans in this building. Um, Mm -hmm. The first game would have been the Ravens game. That would have been just a a spectacle. Um, We know Raiders fans. (laughs) Oh, we know Raiders fans once they got a good team. Oh, guys, <laughs> it would be such a fun atmosphere if there are fans in the stands. Um, to agree with Seth, in a weird way, the Chiefs defense should play the Raiders almost as if they're playing their own offensive teammates. Make them go the length of the field, be mindful of play action, because uh, Josh Jacobs was still good, 
And I think really this game, interestingly enough, could come down to the red zone. Like who performs better in the red zone with the understanding that I think Spagnolo, at least early, will be a little bit more tentative. And if the Chiefs get a lead, then you can perhaps be more aggressive and force Carr and, and the offense for the Raiders into one or two scenarios where they have to make a decision um, and make them play a little bit from an uncomfortable position. Because um, that's what he kind of tried to do in the second quarter from right to Like they got a 14 to 3 lead, and then it just yeah. all went to like, oh my God, like guys are running Whoa. wide open. So. Yeah, you gotta be absolutely. You gotta be cautious with that, but I do think the the Chiefs should really make Derek Carr work ten play drives, fifteen play drives, like mm-hmm. make him have to make good decisions over and over again. Versus obviously the big play happening, similar to like Josh Allen in a lot of ways. Like the more plays Josh Allen has, the worse the opportunities get for the actual team holding the football. Um, <laughs> so. I, I think this is going to be a fun matchup. I wish there were Raider fans in all their get-ups in the stadium because, man, whew, it would have been a fun time. A fun time. It's still going to be fun. But, man, like, can you just imagine the amount of cursing in that stadium? <laughs> 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 against, against the world champion Chiefs? Whoo, man. Oh, I just want to be Antonio Banderas right now. Just, oh, the gifts. Oh. Is that the leading back, like, yes. biting his finger yes. gif? Okay. Uh-huh. It took me I – was, I was going through a, a sort of gif Rolodex in my head that I didn't know what it was. Like, I didn't I know that I had that capability, but apparently I did. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, also, real quick, Nate, um, can you give a, a little taste of the, the story about the, the Chiefs and the creativity in the red zone? It's really good. People should check it out. Um, and it, it touches on a very fun topic. This show just got so packed that it ended yeah. up kind of getting pushed out to the end of the no, show. No, no, no. Thank you. It, it, it's it's so much fun. It was something that I could kind of do on the bye week where you could just kind of rewatch everything. And it just dawns on you. Wow, that plays different. Holy smokes, that plays different. Oh, my God. Like, what are the New England Patriots supposed to do when they have the best defensive <laughs> coordinator? And they look like children out there in the red zone. <laughs> so, look, Eric Bieniemy was pretty clear. Uh, they have hundreds of these plays. Uh, I think somebody in the comment section, I should uh, acknowledge that person. They had a very good comment where it's like, hey, uh, you know, you." I think Crystal said it. Crystal was like, you know there are more crazy fun plays coming. And that is the point in all of this. Like, ultimately, like, the story yeah. is, look at how they score in all these different inventive ways. Um, what, what Travis Kelsey did to Tremont Edmonds is still... It's criminal, man. I just, I just, oh. Tremont Edmonds is good at football, guys. He looked terrible on that play. Um, So, Crystal's right. Shout out to Crystal G. Um, We're only in like the 200 level of like the 400 level course of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes rolling out plays. They beat the Carolina Panthers with a quarterback motion. In God's name, what are they going to do in January? <laughs> In the red zone. Like, what? Um, so, the point in all of this is they've scored 12 touchdowns. They're all in different manners. They jet sweep the Patriots to death, and they had a leading blocker jet sweep. I've never seen that. Even Tony Romo was like, dog, what is that? <laughs> like, what What we, what we doing these days? So, 
They're very good in the red zone. They're very creative. If I was the Oakland Raiders, I would spend a lot of my defensive periods in the red zone because your eyes are going to trick you. They're going to trick you with like something that they've already put on tape, like the smoked sausage, and then take that and, you know, dress it up differently, whether it's Travis Kelsey with Ferrari right or, you know, Patrick Mahomes will be motioning to his left as he catches the snap from Austin Ryder, who yeah. was in the game because he's healthy and because he can do that. <laughs> like, no matter how good, <laughs> no matter how good Daniel Kilgore is, he can't do that. So Austin Ryder, until Patrick, you know, as long as Patrick Mahomes is on the team, I feel like Austin Ryder's on the team because if you can do that, like, uh, there's value <laughs> being on the roster. So I. We're only in we're only in the two hundred level. Like they they smoked the Ravens with like their one hundred level course in January's where we get to four hundred level. I just oh, good luck, guys. But the Chiefs are as the Chiefs are just as dangerous in the red zone this year than they are when they're at midfield when Patrick Mahomes starts loading up that ridiculous arm of his. So how do you how do you stop this team? I don't know because when they want to run one of those plays, uh, you have no shot. Seth, do you have anything on that, or you want to go to you want to knock out our our predictions here? What are the, what's the uh, what's the outlook? I'm I you know chokes aside, I'm a little tired. I'm ready to knock out some <laughs> uh, knock out some predictions. You you go first then. What do you uh, what do you think's happening? I think we're gonna see a game where the Chiefs are gonna have forty something, and the Raiders are gonna have twenty something. Um, I, I think a lot of it's gonna depend on how things go in the first quarter as to you know whether or not we see a real blowout um the first half really i I think the raiders are you know they're riding a deserved high they won that game Mm -hmm. and if they're able to hang in it for a while i think that can help them out um they did come back from down 14-3 last time although they scored a big touchdown like almost immediately afterwards so it kind of they never really fell behind huge um I think if the Chiefs are able to start boat racing them out of the gate, I think it's going to be real easy to fall into, oh, crap, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gruden's a good coach, so he might be able to prevent that from happening. But overall, I think the Chiefs are just too good. It is the NFL. you know, Any given Sunday applies. But we almost never have a guarantee that the Chiefs are going to be like fully not engaged. I mean, they're professionals. They always do their thing. But like petty, you know? I mean, that's just... Mm-hmm. They've only had that a few times this year, and each time they've looked dominant. And so I think it's going to happen again this week. You say uh, you say boat race. I'm saying bus race. <laughs> this is I'm not letting any of this go. I yeah, I like a thirty something to twenty something probably. I like a. I just wrote down thirty eight twenty seven. I can see the Raiders having to. I kind of here's the thing. I kind of hope they score a little bit because I'll be bummed if this game ends up being like a like a thirty one to 17 or something I, I where it just kind of gets packed in towards the end maybe a little 27 20, 17 I, I feel like I feel like this needs to be the the Chiefs just going bombs away I kind of think it will be and I don't know if there are odds on betting on if this is the week that uh, Chris Jones scores a touchdown or not but I would be Ooh. very interested in some very long odds that maybe we get a little may, maybe maybe a little bus driver left uh, Chris Jones <laughs> like runs an option Pitches it to Tyreek Hill or something like that. I, I think there's a chance. Yeah, you're going to see it. Um, let me remind remind you, fellas. This will be the third consecutive year that the Chiefs play the Raiders after the bye week. That's Andy right. Andy Reid is 18-3 and three after the bye week. The Chiefs have scored 40 exact points the last two times 
after the bye week against the Raiders. <laughs> Chiefs 55, Raiders 10. <laughs> because uh, the 15 points are for you disrespecting Andy Reid's <laughs> home venue, okay? You tarnished Arrowhead Stadium. I'm, I'm guys, I'm, I'm doing a bit. If if uh, if Raider fans or Chiefs fans happen to listen to this, it's kind of a bit. 55-10. There you have it. Uh, I'm very excited for this game. Primetime action, so God only knows when we're going to do the next podcast, but we'll figure it out. Probably, uh, we'll probably get back at it Monday morning, I'd, I'd imagine. And we will talk to you then. In the meantime, of course, you can check out everything that Seth and Nate write up on The Athletic. You can go to theathletic.com slash timesars for the deal that's there if you're not a member yet. Plus, follow all of us on Twitter at ByNateTaylor, at RealMNChiefsFan. I'm at JB Briscoe. Seth also has a Chief of the North newsletter uh, that is, it's going to come back with a vengeance. I think Seth is going to feel so guilty for not putting out nine stories in a week that he's going to do like 20 stories as soon as he's feeling better. So <laughs> there's going to be there's going to be a swell coming uh, in the Chief of the North newsletter, newsletter soon as well. Uh, that's I think that's the whole show, though. And Nate, you can now do the you know trademark ending of the show and our famous catchphrase that you say every the, week. That the Chiefs exist. will handle their business, and Tyreek <laughs> Hill will scream at Dave Tobe the entire game. Coach, no, 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 no fair catches, no fair catches, coach, no fair catches. I'm catching the ball and I'm taking it back. <laughs>